0: Hi, this is episode 12 of the Viva La Diva podcast. I'm your host, Laura J. Ingalls, back from vacation, and it's time to dare you to unconditionally love yourself. Yes, I've been on vacation, but I've missed you, and I am so excited to be back. And today, I am fired up. Why? Because I am finally tackling a topic that's been on my mind for ages – and that topic is defining what we mean when we say that something works. Specifically today, I'm going to talk in reference to a way of eating or exercising, but really it could be anything. Um, and, but as you all should know by now, my passion is for talking about uh, debunking weight loss myths and talking about our bodies. So uh, it's summer. It's summer. And as such, it feels kind of unavoidable, all of the dieting and weight loss messages, you know, with bikini bodies and summer beach bodies. As a matter of fact, there is this gym down the street from my house that has this huge sign outside that says, get your beach body here. And it has a photo of this like skinny, busty woman in a bikini and all around the windows and like these giant orange letters are words like burn fat, burn calories and all of these other tired, tragic tropes of this fat-phobic diet culture that we are all exposed to every freaking day. And every time I pass it, I want to stop and I want to post sticky notes all over it. Or, and, and I just want to, like, call out the body-shaming lies and garbage and these marketing ploys that are meant to, like, make you feel bad about yourself and and then try to try to do something about it. And I've talked before on this podcast how shame is actually the anti-motivator. It doesn't actually work the way that we think that it does. And so like I feel like ultimately these marketing ploys really only keep people engaged temporarily and then and then when everything all falls apart, they lose, they lose their clients and you know, it's just like bad for everybody. And yet it this culture, this fat phobic diet culture just persists. Um, and so, uh, but the thing is, it's not just gyms that are perpetuating this skinny is better diet culture, fat phobia. It's actually, it's my friends and it's people in my social circle and it's companies and celebrities and, and doctors and all sorts of well-meaning people that I have come to love and respect in, in a lot of cases in my life. Um, and they are just it's not it's not necessarily even their fault. They're just falling prey to what our culture has been telling us for upwards of, you know, thirty, almost forty years at this point. And um despite growing research that just continues to prove that this is not true, that skinny is not better, that weight loss isn't some great achievement of health. Um, it, it is what we've had to live with since, you know, like the, the late 70s, early 80s, all the way through until now and just keeps getting reinforced and reinforced. So, um, so I don't, I don't want to feel like I'm placing blame here on any particular person, even the people that I really love. And as a matter of fact, speaking of those people that I love, I would like to give props to a growing number of my friends who are starting to repeat this message that all bodies are good bodies and all sizes are worthy of love, respect, and attention, and that all bodies um, can be fit and healthy. But I still find that the overall message is still, yes, your body might be good, but it would be better if it was smaller. The message is still skinnier is better. Um, you know, just as an example, I have a friend who is a respected leader in the wellness community. She just had a baby and she's actually a really slender person naturally. That's just her frame, it's her genetics. And yet I see her, she's been online recently selling a supplement that caused her to drop a bunch of weight. And she's now smaller than she was before she even had her baby. And her whole news feed is before and after shots of skinny and skinnier. And the natural implication here is that one of these two pictures is the, quote, better picture. Um, when the reality is they're just different. It's, it's her at different sizes based on what she's doing to her body. And and the difference in what she's doing isn't necessarily healthier, um, it's just different. And the thing is, is, she's not alone. I have friend upon friend pitching Beachbody and Weight Watchers and, and tons of other weight loss programs, like almost anything you can think of. My newsfeed is littered with before and after shots and, and comments, like so many comments that people will just share without even being asked of what they think works for them. And when I say the word works, I'm going to put it in quotation marks. I want you to think of quotation marks around the word works. And I want you to take note of that word. The word works. All of these comments and stories and photos, they're, yeah, sure, they're reinforcing that skinnier is better, but it's also reinforcing this other concept. And that other concept is the concept of what works. This phrase, it works or it worked for me, it like, oh, God, it just nags at me because I don't think that we really think through what we're saying when we say that something works. And more often than not, I think that these weight loss plans don't work the way that we think that they do. So this past spring, the Harvard School of Public Health put out a very long, very comp- comprehensive and totally incredible article that outlined the latest research in the obesity epidemic. And I'm going to post a link to that in the show notes. But while this article dives deep into policy and childhood prevention, as well as discussing the latest research being done on how to improve health, um, how to improve immune reaction in adults regardless of their size, there's one piece of research that remains steady, consistent, and clear. And that one piece of research is weight loss efforts for adults are extremely ineffective because our biology fights weight loss at every step. The collection of studies cites that only one in six people who attempt weight loss are able to keep off 10% of their starting body weight. And that, that is across all weight loss methods. And I point this out because I want us all to stop and think about what it is that we're actually seeing when we claim a way of eating works. Nearly every time I hear this phrase, the person is using it, the person, um, the person who's using it, they're discussing weight loss. But what I think we should be seeking when we're looking for something that works is a way of living, eating, and moving that gives us what we think weight loss will give us. But let me backtrack a moment because that is really heavy and I am going to unpack it. Um, But first, let me start here. So on the one hand, it's, it's very easy to see why someone might say that a weight loss strategy works because they do it and then they lose weight. And in that immediate moment for the goal of weight loss, the plan technically worked, but... According to all these studies and according to, I would guess, most people's personal experience, when that weight inevitably comes back on, which the studies indicate that it will, do we still consider the strategy as working? Like, would you still say that that weight loss plan worked if it wasn't sustainable or long-lasting? So, like – like, what if, as with most weight loss diets, the person's metabolic system slows down and that slows down their weight loss and eventually turns it around and makes it into weight gain and now the person has metabolic syndrome? Like, does it still work? Did the diet still work? And – or how about how about what if weight loss is achieved but the person – who lost the weight, stops being able to produce hormones in the proper amounts. Um, this happens a lot specifically with women who go on ketogenic diets. They uh, they really haven't found a study yet where um, women in ketosis continue to produce the proper amounts of um, estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. So, so is this working? Like, I suppose if the only measurement of works is at some point during the time that you were practicing this particular way of eating or exercising, your weight dropped, even if it wasn't permanent and even if the body was unable to maintain optimal function, like if we consider that working, then fine, it worked. Um, But when it comes to the reasons why people actually want to lose weight, I think now we're getting into some wibbly-wobbly area about whether or not all of these plans actually work. Um, (laughs) I don't know anyone besides maybe actors playing a role or pro athletes training to actually win races who say things like, I want to lose 10 pounds but only temporarily and then I'd like to gain it all back, maybe plus a few extra. Like, I don't think anybody actually says that and would consider a diet plan to work if that was what they knew it would do yet this is exactly what we're doing to ourselves with weight loss diets like all the time every day so if that wasn't the original plan did it really work and i think to answer that question we need to we need to define or like to come up with a solution to this problem is what i really should say i think i think we need to start talking about what we really want To have working when it comes to how we eat, what we do with our bodies, and how we feel about ourselves. Um, As always, I have to personally storytell because for me, I spent my youth searching for self confidence. I really wanted to be attractive to the opposite sex. I wanted to look attractive in the clothes I wore. I wanted to feel cool and stylish. I wanted to be hired as an actress. But life has taught me that confidence, style, and attractiveness, it it doesn't come with a size requirement. There are so many real life examples of people who have literally every single thing that I have ever wanted. And their bodies are all different. They're all different shapes. They're all different sizes. They're all different looks. They're all different styles. And the thing is, is that I used to think that weight loss was the thing that was standing between me and all that stuff. But every single time I tried a weight loss diet, it completely undermined all my efforts towards the things that I wanted most. Um... First and foremost, by its very nature, weight loss diets imply that the person that I am today and the body I have right now isn't good enough. And that right there, boom, it's a confidence killer. And confidence was the thing that I needed for everything else, for my acting career, for my friends, for my ability to step out and feel good in the clothes that I was wearing, in my ability to show up at an audition um, and really, like, knock it out of the park – Ditching weight loss diets once and for all was the only thing that worked for me. And what was really interesting about that journey was along the way, I found a few more things besides weight loss that didn't work for me either. So what I mean by that is feeling sluggish and tired from poor quality sleep did not work for me. Being too deconditioned to get up and go on whatever life adventures presented themselves didn't work for me. Wearing clothes that didn't fit me wasn't working for me. Having dull skin and and lots of acne and dry hair, that didn't didn't work for me. Um, Engaging in unhealthy relationships with other people definitely did not work for me. Looking in the mirror and being hateful towards myself absolutely 100% did not work for me. But each and every one of these things that wasn't working, I discovered along this journey that I could address them without weight loss. So... Feeling sluggish and tired and, and having crappy sleep. Um, I've addressed this in a couple of different ways. First, I discovered that I had a magnesium deficiency, and that was making it really hard for me to fall asleep at night. And that magnesium deficiency had actually come from my entire adolescence spent on weight loss diets and having a lot of like deprivation diets. Um, it had really screwed up a lot of the, my nutrient levels in my blood. And so um, I addressed that first with nutrition, um, first with supplements, and then with adding lots and lots of leafy greens and veggies to my diet. And s- sleep got a lot better. And the other thing that I have done and um, continue to work towards is being much better about bedtime and um, tracking my sleep and ensuring that I get, you know, Eight hours of sleep as often as humanly possible. Um, Being too deconditioned to do whatever I wanted to in life, whether that was run a race or hike with my family on vacation or with my friends or what, whatever it was, even if it was just like moving furniture around my house. Um, Getting up and being active every single day was able, like I was able to get that energy and get that conditioning um, and get that strength. And even though doing those things didn't really change my weight, I was still able to attack life with a lot more energy and happiness and strength um, and ability. Wearing clothes that didn't fit me. This one always makes me laugh because, like, my mom used to fight with me about this when I would go through periods where I would gain weight because my body changes. When I'm unhealthy, my body definitely, like, shows me in lots of different ways. Um, But whenever I would gain weight... um, I and my pants would get too tight. My mom would say, "Oh, well, but you don't want to buy too many things that are comfortable because, you know, then you might then you might forget altogether that you've gained this weight and you won't care and it was like such a twisted logic and I love my mother I really do and and she's subject to our culture just as much as anybody else but like it was kind of an absurd notion like be uncomfortable in your clothes so that you feel uncomfortable and you walk out the door so that you're ashamed and then somehow that shame is supposed to I don't know make you like behave better with your food but (laughs) a lot of the times That would just work in the absolute opposite way that it was supposed to. I would feel so embarrassed and then I just wouldn't have that energy and positivity and and, um, confidence to show up to do things like work out well or – or eat in a way that kept my body balanced and healthy, or even to have the energy to discover what that meant. Uh, So I started looking at models whose bodies more accurately reflected mine and trying to buy clothes that fit me properly, that were tailored to my body type, and that I felt really good and really confident in. And if that meant getting help or modeling after other people who actually look like me, not people who I wanted to look like someday... um, that was huge. And, and that certainly helped me to feel more stylish and, and more confident. The dull skin and the dry hair, oh my gosh, that was, again, going back to like all these years of dieting, it just had screwed up um, what my body needed most to thrive so much because I was always like eliminating food groups or like restricting calories so that I actually wasn't getting enough food to stay healthy. And so making sure that I have like, really great healthy fats like enough omega-3s in my diet. Um, Adding in those omega-3s from things like salmon and flaxseed and chia and spirulina algae, it definitely – um, brought my skin to life and brought my hair to life and doing things like exercising and getting my body to really, really work and sweat and, and function every day. Um, my hair started growing like weeds and my skin brightened up and, um, you know, ditching soda. So I don't have so many toxins coming out of my skin while my skin is trying to like detoxify because that's part of its job. Um, You know, like just drinking a lot of water, replacing all that junk with water. Oh, my gosh, it made such a huge difference. Um, Engaging in unhealthy relationships with other people, that definitely was not at all related to weight loss. That was related to working with a therapist and talking things out and like building up my personal self-confidence and learning how to set better boundaries and, you know, whether that came to from, you know, relationships with friends or relationships at work or relationships with significant others. Like, woo that was so much self-work, but it had nothing to do with my size. And it had everything to do with the way that I was approaching all of these relationships. Um, looking in the mirror and being hateful towards myself, that one took a lot of practice. And it's still a practice every day. Um, But I didn't need to lose weight to be nice to me. All I had to do was stare in that mirror and make myself find one compliment every single time that I looked. And, um, And that took a long time. And sometimes it would take me a few minutes of staring in the mirror before I would, you know, catch myself being mean and rewrite the script. And you know, at first I had to start with the things that were a little easier, like I like my eyes, I like my smile, I like, you know, starting with those things and then gradually moving around to the parts of my body that I am not as confident in and, and starting to work on those things. Um And as you guys know who have been listening to the podcast, my most recent one is joining the Sports bra Squad and really getting to love the way that my belly looks out in public in front of people in a sports bra and running pants and, um, and learning to love all of my curves and folds and, and wiggly, jiggly parts and finding them sexy. Uh, I'm working really hard towards that. And you know what? It's freaking awesome. And it feels so good. And people keep commenting to me lately about, you know, how strong I look and how energetic and how confident and how they really, like, they're noticing changes. And the thing is, is like, I haven't really changed that much aside from my own outlook on my own body. And um, so it's exciting to see that that gets reflected in how other people see me. Um so addressing all of these things that brought me health and strength and self-love and vi- vitality those things boosted my confidence and it's helped me get jobs and dates and sex and and get gather good friends and cultivate healthy relationships and advocate. Um, probably most importantly, all of this confidence and all of this health has helped me advocate for my health with my medical professionals when something that was beyond my control, my, my parathyroid, started to go wrong. And in general, all of this has helped me show up fully present for my life every single day. So ask yourself, What is it that you want working for you, and what avenues can you take that have nothing to do with the scale, nothing to do with before and after pictures, that can help you boost your confidence, your energy, your strength, and your self-love? How can you redefine what works? Thank you so much for tuning in today. I think that is enough of a big chunk to chew and, and to get thinking and to get started on a new way of approaching what works. And as always, um, if you love this episode, please subscribe and rate it on iTunes. And- uh, if you feel so inclined, leave, leave me a five-star rating, throw a comment or two on there, recommend me to your friends. As always, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at LJ Ingalls or hit up LauraJIngalls.com where you can find more podcast episodes and other content that I've got up there. You can check out my book, um, my book F Skinny, How I Quit Dieting and Found My Health. And until next time, viva la diva.